Welcome to the Fergus Falls Business Spotlight Podcast, the show that takes a deep dive into local businesses and the individuals that run our community. To guide you along the way, here's your host, Jacob Bittner. Oh, welcome in, everybody. Welcome to another episode. I'm excited for this one this morning here. I've got my Stumbino's Coffee sponsor, Stumbino's, from the beginning. I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, Thank you to the other sponsors as well. Swan Lake Resort and Campground, Elevate, Victor Lundin's Hotel 8. Much appreciated. Always. As always, I appreciate you guys so much. So I'm excited for this episode today. I've got Jonah Hove with... You just started a business. Yep. Just recently started a business, but you wear a lot of different hats within our community. You do a lot of different things. Very involved with the Fergus Falls Fire Department. Uh, it sounds like you're involved with DNR. Yep. I don't know too much. I just met you like two minutes ago, <laughs> five minutes ago, and we chatted for just a brief moment. But I'm excited to get to know you and uh, kind of introduce your story to our community a little bit and let them get to know you a little bit. So, how are you feeling this morning? Oh, it's definitely another beautiful day. I love. Uh, I love it. You got some. You got some fresh ink here on your arm. We'll get the story behind that too. Um, what were you up in uh, Fargo at Sam? Did you go get that when Sam was guest spot up in Fargo? Or did you get that here at the Beehive? I got it. Yeah, Sam uh, did it up in Fargo. Up there. in Fargo when he was doing a guest spot up there. So you yep. traveled up there and got that done. Oh, yeah. Cool, cool. Five and a half hours. Five and a half hours <laughs> of work. That's a long session. <laughs> it was <laughs> a good long, one though. It was a long session for sure. So um, yeah, well, I'm excited. Let's just get into kind of your personal background a little bit. Are you from Fergus or? So no, originally I was uh, born in Perm. Perm, okay. Uh, then when my parents split up, uh, my mom took me and my brother down to Arizona. So it's oh, been a okay. good twenty-seven years down there. So wh- how old were you when you moved down to Arizona? Oh, probably like three-ish. Gotcha. Yeah. So you grew up high school, grade school, all that down there. Yep, sure did. Gotcha. Yep. Never got used to the heat. Never got used to the heat. Yep. And I always told myself I'd want to move back home when I, when I got to when I wanted to at a point in my life, and that came up like seven years ago. So. Okay. Fergus seemed like a good fit and been here since. Gotcha. So, so you just moved to Fergus seven years ago. Otherwise, yep. you hadn't really been in our community. No. Did your when your parents split? Was your dad still up here in Perm? Did you come up here to visit then? So he's a truck driver. He kind of floated all around the country. But okay. he lives in. He's based out of Fargo. Oh, okay. Yep. So you were visiting then this area throughout your formative years, or were you yeah. pretty much spent it down there? Uh, my mom would take me and my brother up on vacations to visit family. She comes from a huge family of ten out of Perm. So, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So you have. A lot, of, um, lot, lot of, of people around. A lot of people around here. Lots All of my family. cousins are multiplying like rabbits. <laughs> yeah. They give me crap all the time because I'm single and no kids, but it's hey, like, hey, I'm hey. trying to just enjoy life. So Yeah, well, you and I both, man. Let's go. Cheers to that. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so talk to me a little bit about growing up in Arizona then. What were you into as a kid? What kind of hobbies did you have as a kid? Maybe, uh, yeah. I, I loved football. Uh, okay. I loved playing football. I was a lineman. I was a guard. Did all the special team stuff, so I loved football discus was my other favorite thing okay just kind of like your own environment but yet you're attached to the team so it's kind of had both aspects of it gotcha but. and so we're talking this company is called sir saws a lot yep. it's a new company here and yep. you, it's just like a tree removal you drop well we'll get into kind of what you do with yep. that um but talk about like your first jobs so like because obviously you're very involved in the fergus falls fire department yep. um and the DNR as well. So talk about kind of your first jobs when you were younger and kind of how your passions through life have kind of developed. Yeah. So, you know, it's ironic how life ends up making its full circle and connecting you back to the things 
throughout your life because I started my first job ever was a lifeguard. Okay. Had my first life save when I was 17. Dang. And, you know, a lot of that resonated throughout my life. But, you know, I stopped lifeguarding at some point. I worked for Boeing for almost 15 years. Down in Arizona or? Yep. Okay. Yep. We over we overhauled the Apache attack helicopter. So okay. my department was all about uh, the drivetrain components and I did logistics and supply chain management. So, okay. And I think that's where fast forwarding into what do I do? What I do now? Uh, you know, when I work, first came up here, I did some odd end jobs. I was a mechanic at Fleet Farm, worked for the schools a little bit as a custodian. So I kind of have dabbled in a lot of different things, but I think all that's come together to put me into the services I'm in because, yeah, you know, in firefighting, it's all about a brotherhood of people. Plus you got to keep things clean. You got to be mechanically inclined, yeah. things like that. So it's everything I've done in the past is kind of gelled into what I'm becoming now. And then starting yeah. my own business now, it's like, you know, the, the department has put me through all the training I needed to get where I'm at. And all the training has built up to that. Cause one of my classes I had to take was a sauce. So like, okay. Once I took that class, like I fell in love with it more. And then, gotcha. yeah, it's just been a snowball effect. It's did you, awesome. did you go to college or anything down? I've dabbled down? in some college, never okay. finished it. Do that's on my list of stuff to complete one of these days. Cause where, where was that? Like, where'd you dabble in that at? Um, uh, Mesa, Mesa community college. Okay. So just down, down in Arizona. And then I did a little bit up here, but I, every time it seems like I want to get focused on college, more certifications and other things that are right. You've prevalent. done a lot of like educational stuff, like classes through the fire department, through the DNR, Yep, all yep. that. So, um, and then you moved back to Fergus seven years ago. sounds like you yep. worked some odd jobs. When did you get involved in the fire department? Uh, so I was, I had a dog named Rex and I was always walking through town maybe two, three times a day. And one day I'm walking through town and there's a sign that says, uh, help wanted. So, I applied, didn't get it my first go around, but this, what, a year and a half later, they had another set of openings and I applied. What year was that, sorry? Oh, that would have been what, 2017. Okay. And was that volunteer or was that a, pay, a like? So our department is a paid volunteer department. Paid volunteer department. Yep. Okay. Yep. So we are, we, we're not like officially talking about the Fergus Falls Fire Department. I'm hoping to get, Ryan Macau on here at some point to talk about like the whole layout of the Fergus Falls Fire yeah. Department, but we're really more about like kind of your story here. Yep, yep. Um, so, but you got involved with that. And from my understanding, Sam says, are you a live in at yeah. the fire department? So yep. talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So they, uh, I guess years ago, there used to be a list, like a waiting list for people to actually live at the station that were on the department, but you have to have two requirements. You have to be single and no kids like the Pope. Yep. Is, po is that how the Pope works? I think the po uh, uh, there's like, I would imagine there's like, a, like a nun, like a fire nun. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, uh, huh. since I am single and I was like, why not take it, you know, advantage of this opportunity that's there to utilize. So, yeah. So your story kind of went from Mesa then right back here. Was there like anything else in between that you like some traveling or some moving around to fill in or pretty much just nope. right from Arizona back up here? Yep. Just went right from Arizona. Loving the four seasons for sure. Cause down gotcha. there it's just nice and then it's hot. So, so <laughs> what do you, are, what do you do for the fire department? Yeah. So basically everything that we do as far as like involvement with the community, every chance we have to intertwine with them, I always take advantage of that. And um, yeah, I mean, we're here to just 
protect and serve and right you know anytime there's a need for us we just excel at what we do and get yeah. stuff done so talk about then um how you got involved with dnr was that before or after the, the, the fire department so yeah um every year there's an academy that gets put on uh wildland academy up in grand rapids and it's an interagency department so like they'll have the dnr fish and wildlife forestry service all those people that need uh, wildland oriented classes and uh most of the structure departments around Minnesota have like invites to go there. Okay. So the department sent me there. Gotcha. To become the intro firefighter for wildland. And ever since I took that class, it's been, I've just been addicted to it. So, so now, um, when did you, I guess, when did you transition out of your jobs then? It sounds like 2017. Is, or is like, are you still working side jobs or is this Sir Saws a lot like kind of your gig you're trying to get going yeah, now in addition to the fire department? And is that a paid position within the DNR that you have or? Yeah. So the, with the DNR, um, my, my title is a smoke chaser. So basically okay. anytime the fire indices are at a really high level or their employment levels are low, like staffing levels, gotcha. then they'll call, they have smoke chasers all around the state. Okay. And they'll call us in for support. So, are there a lot of forest fires in Minnesota? Like, do we don't deal with too much of that around um, here? Do we? Not, I wouldn't say there's a, there's a lot, but not like not big active ones that become a really big scene. Like gotcha. it does happen. Like the uh, Greenwood fire that happened a couple of years back, that was a pretty big one. Okay, up in northern Minnesota. But um, you've done some traveling, fighting forest fires. Yeah. So the DNR, we just had an opportunity to go up to uh, Canada. Okay. So we did, we sent three crews up there. And How I do you was, think the fire started up there, man? Let's talk about it. Can we talk, can we talk conspiracy theories uh, a little bit or not? I've, I've, I haven't looked too much into it, but some we of the stuff I've start the fire. Oh man. There's some, <laughs> there's some definitely weird stuff that's going on when you look at the timing of them for sure. I, yeah. like I said, I haven't had time to divulge too much into it to get the weeds into it. But it, it, I mean, when you smell fire, just like a firefighter or smell smoke, see smoke, you go get heat, and then you find a fire eventually. So that's kind of what I feel on this, too. There's something right. interesting going on. I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. There's something to it, but you don't think too much about it. We just go fight the fire. You exactly. got to put it out regardless. Yep. Regardless of how it started, we're putting that thing out, yep. right? Exactly. So was that was that kind of your first big firefight, forest firefighting gig, or had you done some stuff previous uh, to that? With the DNR, it was, with, for sure. Okay. I, okay. I did some work with a contracting company uh, for the last two and a half years, and they sent me out to California two, three times. I got sent out to West Virginia, okay. Ohio. So, yeah, they, they sent me all over the places. But things were changing with the DNR, so kind of putting more of my eggs with them as far gotcha. as the wildlands. And so they set you guys up, and then talk about that experience up there going and working up in Canada. Oh, it was, it was amazing. It's, nothing, it's different than anything we do in the States. So, like, our campsites, the way they operate, it's a uh, – it's 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 very different but it was awesome because they use helicopters like we use taxis Dang. so like basically they would pick us up in the mornings in the helicopter and go take you to your spot and then you hike into where your fire is or they would pick you up in the morning and leave you for four days and then you're bushing it for four Dang. days and they come back and pick you up so like they give you a cook kit and frozen food dry food everything so you can make your your everything you need for like a little survival yeah. style training. Yeah. So like you, do you, you don't have a military background or any of that? Nope. 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 But nope. this is very, that's very much so like field operations. Oh, yeah. It sounds like, Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's awesome. So how long were you up there doing that? So the first stint was uh 14 working days plus travel on each end. And then 
the second there's three crews total so there's the first crew that i was on and then the second crew they sent up while the first crew was still up there and then they sent up a third crew after the first two crews had gotcha. left so is that is that fire i mean we're here like kind of middle of august this episode will come out later towards september but is that fire dissipated now up in canada is it gone so is it still kind we were, of smoldering so fire number 27 which is the number that's it it's out so the okay. one is out but they had I reported over 500 fires over all three provinces just two weeks ago. So this is the tattoo here. Yeah. That, so that's kind of just documenting your time or like a little bit of me memento of your experience up there. Yeah. So after the first uh, trip, our last night in uh, Winnipeg on our way out, they have a, they call it a stupid flip coin flip competition. So there was 17 of us total, but only eight of us wanted to participate in this. So everybody throws in 30 bucks and then we get a coin and heads you're in, tails you're out. Huh. And if you go reach for the coin, because I guess that's a reaction people do, and it's not your turn, you're out. So between me getting heads and enough people getting tails and reaching for the coin when it's not their turn, I ended up winning. So and it's my first tattoo too. So kind of worked out perfect because my first one's pretty badass I yeah think, that's so. it's sweet it's good it's good work sam <laughs> yeah. does a good job he, he sure he, does he a really, good job did he, so did he draw that out then he, or did you have was that he like basically some, i gave him a, the idea the, the guy who so everybody that was in the competition right has to draw up an idea of a tattoo okay and if you win you can't pick your own you have to pick one of the other drawings it sounds like so you I, could win or lose like you could this could be a win or lose right right so <laughs> i i won i consider i won but yeah so one of the guys had the he didn't have it drawn. He just had the hard requirements were Betty Boop, big boobs, lots of cleavage, <laughs> holding a chainsaw and an axe with tight blue pants. And gotcha. everything else was kind of just. Gotcha. So. so it's very much so the work with you do you do with the DNR is smoke chasing. It's fire work, fire yep. prevention yep. on a state level. Yep. And then you're involved here with fire prevention on a local level yep. as well. Yep. And then um, kind of talk a little bit about that, like, do you do anything with like prevention work or do you work with that at all? Like education prevention work? Is that yeah. something you do as well? So uh, October is fire prevention month. So okay. for, you're going to see the department around in the community even more. Cause uh, so like every year I, we love doing it is the um, we'll have the kids. I think it's grade two through five. I want to say it is maybe it's first through five, but regardless, we give them a little uh, mission statement for like the fires, the theme of, fire safety that year uh -huh. and then the kids will all draw a poster that represents that to them okay so then f for each grade we'll bring all those posters down to the station and vote on them gotcha and then we'll bring back we'll go back to those classes and the winners and we'll present those winners like uh we'll come back a couple weeks later and i'll take them out to lunch and stuff with the fire truck and stuff so gotcha. yeah the kids love it so you would say like like how many hours a week do you work for the department then? Uh, it just depends because sometimes the call volume's low. Sometimes it's higher. So I mean, you live there, right? So like you're the first, one of the first. How many people live there in the department? So right now there's, well, now it's only me and Tanner. Sam just moved out. Okay, yesterday was his final day. He moved out. He's getting so married. it's just you then. Essentially, once Tanner moves out, dang, it's gonna be just me until they get someone else in there who right. Well, everybody on the department has one in their either life. married or kids, <laughs> yeah. so they, right. they can't. I'm sure there's a few of them that would do it in a heartbeat, but yeah, 
they just it's it's not there yet so. yeah gotcha gotcha so talk about this um a little bit about this sir saws a lot and how that came to be i mean obviously you had that uh saw training through the department yep. um when did that all come to be yeah so i think it's rewinded back to i got sent out to the dixie fire which was a, a million acre fire down in california two years ago oh, okay and uh on one of the the working days we were on there was a tree that was torched out the core and it was probably 150 foot tall plus tree Dang. and there's three rankings of fallers in the falling service so there's a three two and a one i'm a two trainee and a one is like someone that can cut down any tree they can cut like anything gotcha. so we had to call in a, a one to cut this tree down and watching him cut the tree down and listening to the way his brain was working on it and things like that, that just made me fall in love with it. And then that's when I, the next year took my saw class and then got to do some cutting on some trees. And it's just been ever since then, it's like, no, I'm going to start my own thing. I need gotcha. to, I need to go to work for myself. So. so do you then, is your business like focusing on residential? Do you focus on like, are you contracted within the fire department to cut trees? Nope. Are you okay? Nope. So yeah, it's just a hundred percent standalone. I'm still working on like, I literally just started, got the LLC approved three days before I left for my first candidate trip. So, okay. Like, so like earlier this summer. Yeah. It's gotcha. been very infancy stage, but yeah, I'm right now I've done a couple of jobs. Uh, one of them was, you know, at someone's house. So there'll be certain things I won't do just because of proximity to a house or power lines or things like that. Right. I just, you know, until I get more equipment or, right. you know, you're a one man show. Right. Gotcha. Right. So I got to be limited on what I can do. And then I have, and then that's the other great thing is I have some friends and cousins and family that have some of that certain things. And they've told me, they're like, Hey, if you get to those jobs that you're, you're not going to want to do because it's too big for you, just hit me up and We'll help you out. So gotcha. the networking thing is coming into play too, which Absolutely. is going to be tremendous help going Absolutely. forward. So. so what's the brand? Like where'd the name come from then? Uh, so what very good friend of mine, um, Michelle Emery, she uh, was over one day and I was telling her about picking a name for it. And she likes to quote Monty Python all the time. And she's like, what about Sir Saws a lot? And I was like, that's it. That's the <laughs> name. So nice. yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yep. That, cool. that was it. And then um, the little bit of limited equipment you have, do you have like a, I mean, you living at the fire department, do you have like storage there? Do you have an offsite storage? What do you know for, for right now? That? That's definitely actually been something on my mind because uh, with my vehicle I have and needing to get more saws, I'm going to have to have a place to put them and we have to be cautious. I'll put it to that way about where and how I can put things at the station, obviously, because it's a shared station. So right. I have to, yeah. What are the so what are the living quarters like? Is it like a one bedroom apartment, dorm style living? So my like, bed is probably my room is a good four or five square feet smaller than this room. Dang. So like if it, you cut that off. Right we're there, in a very small room here too. Yeah. If we cut that off and maybe that much, it's all of that. So you have Not like that. room for a bed. Yeah, my queen bed takes up more than half my room. Wow. Yeah. So it's definitely dorm living. And then you have access to just like the, the showers and the kitchen in the fire department there? Yeah, that's so what we, you use? Uh, we have a kitchen that's like for everybody, like when we have big training events and mm -hmm. cook a lot of food. But then there's also a kitchen for in the common area just for the sleepers. Gotcha. And then there's a living room for the for them too and stuff like that. So, gotcha. Yeah. So um, kind of back to Sir Saws a lot business here. Yeah, yeah. Do you, 
you haven't really had do you bring people on for projects at all? Like, do you have help on projects at all? Do you have any other employees? Uh, no, really? no employees. No. Okay. Um, I've actually talked with, like I said, friends and family. And there's another guy in the department. He wants to start his own saw business too. And okay. he was, at first when he was like, oh man, we're going to be competitors. And by the end of talking with each other, we're like, no, we're going to be good assets to each other. Cause yeah. you know, if there's things that I need help from you or you need help from me, we're going to be able to lean on each other and, you know, make things even better. So yeah, it, yeah, I quickly turned from, uh, oh, crap, he might be a competitor to, oh, crap, no, we're going to be able to help nice. help each other out very, Absolutely. very well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And then as far as your uh, services go, you kind of touched on it. You drop trees. Do you haul them away? Do you deal with that stuff? Uh, right now, it would be a, that would be a no. Okay. But with the connection with certain people and in the future, for sure, that will be gotcha. something in there. But, but you would, like, cut it up and then cut it into, like, small manageable chunks yep. or fire. Like, they could use it for firewood or yep. whatever they kind of want to do. Exactly. So you just would take something that maybe is like, oh, this is a problem tree. Or obviously, you don't work too close to the proximity of power lines or houses right. or within if, reason. If I know. So, like, part of our tree falling class is, like, and so far almost on every single tree that I've fallen, like, you can put a soda can out 100 feet, let's say, on a 100-foot tall tree. And hit that soda can. Dang. So, like, you, you you get to aim where you're putting your tree down. Dang. But with trees with a certain lean and aspects and weather and wind. Right. Factoring that stuff in, there might be just trees that go, nope, I'm not doing it because it's just too risky. So know? so that process of kind of tree, like, you use, like, ratchet straps then to pull certain directions? Or is it all just about, like, how you angle and how you cut the tree? Uh, most of it's how you angle and how you cut it and then putting the wedges in the back and persuading it to go the way you want it to go gotcha yeah and it gets okay. it gets pretty intricate because yeah if you're cutting a tree that's going the opposite lean or you want it to drop it the way opposite of the lean there's a lot more work which then can come into straps and all that stuff anchoring it off a car or whatever you need to right. persuade it that extra little bit but sweet so yeah. future outlook would be like maybe once you kind of get some stuff established maybe getting a helper in or something maybe or yeah, maybe I, one of my long-term goals is so like in the fire world when um, I think the national preparedness level is at a three right now, which it goes five, four, three, two, one, one meaning it's the highest level it is five, meaning all the states are kind of, everybody can handle themselves. It's been a pretty dry ish. Yes. I mean, like last night we just had a, our first like big storm, like kind of, well, we had a couple big storms, but last night was like a good storm. Oh good, yeah. Good need the downpour rain. last, last night, big time. So, and that's good too, because what that does with the DNR anyway, is that, that, uh, that softens their preparedness. You know, they don't need right. to be as they're always vigilant, but as far as, Oh crap, this weekend's coming up, you know, we got to put extra staffing in when a rainstorm comes like that, they might go, Oh, well, we'll we don't need as much staffing because everything's wet now. Right. You know, so that changes that. But nationally though, you know, things like that change because in Minnesota it might be wetter. So now they can devote resources to another state, mm -hmm. you know. So the states do a lot of sharing of resources until yeah. then every state's in a, what we call a red state, which would mean fire indices are at their highest. Right. Well, now we can't send anybody out to another state because we need our people here. Right. So then that's when they can rely on contractors and things like that. So. For the future, and I'm hopefully it won't take more than three to five years, just depends, is getting contracts for my business to go out to fires to cut trees. 
Gotcha. That's that's like that's your the, goal. That's, that's your that's your goal. That's the end goal. The end sure. goal would be to be one of those people that gets like you become a level one or whatever, yep. and you get and you get called in to cut that gnarly tree down yep. in yep. California or something. Exactly. Gotcha. So, so what's the path to that? What's the path to that then? So um, basically, when you uh, there's like a, in the DNR, there's lots of different ways to promote yourself, and through that they have task books. So basically, I have a level three through one task book. And as soon as I took my class, you're automatically a three. Okay. And then to become a two, you have to become a two trainee first. Gotcha. And while you're in that trainee status, all the uh, things inside that task book, you got to get them signed off. So there's specific tasks in there that you got to get signed off by a, an already done level two or higher. Okay. So they'll sign off on those tasks. And once you get all the tasks signed off, then you can submit that to the agency and they'll go, okay, now you're a two. And is that like a nat, nat nationwide thing then? Yep. The oh, yeah. DNR, like I think of Minnesota DNR, but DNR is a nationwide organization? Uh, well, it is state by state, but as okay. far as uh, they call it, I think it's Glyphsy or NIFSI or whatever, but that's like the overarching national wildlife like record keepers, gotcha. per se. So like, you know, you could be a firefighter in Arizona and move to Minnesota and all your certs and qualifications you had in Arizona are still going to be good in Minnesota. Right. They're under an overarching umbrella. Gotcha. So in the meantime, though, you're just getting some experience and then you just, it sounds like you just have to kind of go through the checklist. Yep. You need to find a level one though, to kind of train you in and check you off. Is that how that works? So for right now, I've just been using level twos to get my level two done. But yeah, once I get to the point where I'm open, ready to open my level one task book or part of my task book, then yeah, only ones can watch me do work. And then is that something that you can do locally or is that going to involve traveling? Is like, is there someone around who has that? There's a very small group of people in the state of Minnesota that are ones. So it's a very travels definitely going to be something I have to keep on my mind because, you know, I might have to go spend a couple months in Oregon or someplace where logging is really thick and heavy and get that experience to get, you know, those big trees done. Cause sometimes you just don't get that without pulling yourself out of, your environment and go and doing that. For yep. And, short time. and that seems like something you kind of want to do more of. You love traveling and doing those forest oh, fires yeah. or like on, like getting called out to different States to do stuff. That's like, you got an itch for that. Oh, now yeah. that you've done like, that. And yeah. So I think what seven total deployments now and it's, yeah, just that whole, uh, you know, you tell someone that you're available and you might get a phone call tomorrow and you might get a phone call next week saying, Hey, yeah. time to pack up your stuff. We're going Sweet. to Canada, you know? So Sweet. it's, yeah, it's been, Quite an adventure, and I, I love doing well, it. Well, so. good for you. It seems like you have um, figured out what matters to you in this life and, and how you want to make an impact on this planet, and now you're kind of like running with it and expanding oh, with yeah. it. Lots of people, I don't know, how, how old are you? 38. 38, okay. Lots of people will live their whole lives and not figure out their purpose or their calling right. or if that even exists, if there's a calling or a purpose for life or not. Like, right. But it seems like you've fallen into a niche here where you know what you want to do, you're doing it, like... Do you hope to have a family and move out of the fire department someday or what? I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if that's, uh, <laughs> that's something that, that comes up, if, yep. the, if that's the way the cookie's going to come before me. Yeah. But if, it, if it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, like I've, I've always wanted to get married and have kids and do all that stuff. But I know there's a point in your life too, where you got to take care of you and you got to yep. get the stuff you want done so you can be on a good path. And I think that's kind of, especially in the last five years ish, it's, that's kind of where I'm at. It's yeah. like, I love firefighting. I love the camaraderie and the brotherhood that comes with the structure side and the wildland side. And, you know, I wouldn't trade that for the world right now. So, yeah, 
Yeah. Absolutely. I love doing it. Yep. So um, as far as like, usually I ask about like upcoming events or promotions. I don't know if you have any like promotions for your company as far as like listeners hey if you need a tree dropped i'll give you this deal on it or do you have anything like that well right now it's i'm very i'm literally in the infancy stage my first two jobs i did weren't even really like true jobs it was kind of like no i need some saw time they needed some help with some stuff so you know we worked out things so for right now i mean until i get my actual business card set up and my uh, facebook page which is all going to be within work this next week or two gotcha um I haven't really been doing too much promoting other than word of mouth. Well, you know, you go in and talk to my sponsor, Victor Lundin's. They'll get you (laughs) set up with some business cards. They got some people that do really, really good work with business cards. You just kind of tell them what you want on it. And they just, they did those cards for me. And I didn't really have to do anything besides kind of tell them what my idea for it was. And they just sort of threw it all together for me. So definitely go in and talk to Victor Lundin's. They'll Ah, they'll get you set up. So, so right now you're paying the bills. Obviously you get free housing at the fire department. Is that how that works? Yeah. I mean, essentially, I mean, there's tasks to do and right. things to maintain at the department. And you just, just like you would at your own house, you just help do all that stuff. So you live in a, as very involved in the community as you can be. And things yep. like that, so. but your expenses are minimal. Yeah. Compared My expenses to a lot of are what I, I make of them. Yes. Yep. Like yep. most 38 year olds have a lot more expenses yeah. in, in their life. Probably. Potentially. Potentially. <laughs> Potentially. You've got habits. <laughs> I've got things I spend money on. Yep. I like saws. And okay. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's things. saws are expensive. Saws are expensive. Cheap. They're not cheap. Gotcha. So you have like a truck then? Uh, so that's one of my next purchases too, is I got to okay. upgrade the truck because mine isn't really suitable. I have a forerunner, so it's not really suitable for having chainsaws in it. Gotcha. Like that, so. so ideally, future outlook truck, trailer, maybe getting access to some of that other equipment that, right. that helps you do that stuff a little right. bit more. Gotcha. And, and I'm, I've thought about just staying as the one man show too, and yep. leaning on those other people around me, if they're needing and wanting the help, Hey, you know what? Utilize them too. You know, it, they get paid. I get paid. Everybody it, will be happy. So. Yeah. It sounds to me like you're really looking, your goal is to become a contractor, contracted firefighter to go drop these things and, and kind of travel and do this sort of stuff on a, on a firefighting level rather than like a residential drop trees level. Yeah. I mean, either way it goes, I think I'm going to need to definitely soak it up, but yeah, I mean, definitely the goal would be to get out there and use, use that uh, experience on those contractors, contracts that are, your talents are being needed basically. And so you only get like a, like what a couple day notice, like a couple week notice when you have to go fight one of these fires. Like if you see a fire burning or a fire smoldering somewhere, do you like think like, Oh, I wonder if, the DNR is going to call me to go fight this thing or not. How does that work? Um, yeah. So that's interesting how that works. Cause I mean, just not too long ago, there's a spice Lake fire up in Northern Minnesota, right? Yep. So Minnesota had already pulled a lot of their assets to go fight that fire and other assets from across the country for that matter. So me being a smoke chaser, they actually just used me as staffing in two harbors. Right, because they had both okay. staffing because they were up fighting that fire. Gotcha. So it's a, that's one great thing about it. You never know what it's going to be. You know, it could be, oh, you're running patrol for two weeks, making sure there is no fires. Or, oh, no, there is a fire. We're going to send you on it. You're going to be on the AI team or IA team, which is initial attack, and you're going to go get it done. You know, so gotcha. there's stuff. You definitely have to be ready and prepared for multiple different roles that you might get put in because I'm also an EMT. 
Okay. So sometimes that can play a difference in it too. Like on one of my last rolls, they were like, hey, we know you really like cutting, but we have a level two faller here. And because you're the EMT, we don't want you on the saw because if I get injured, then I can't help other people. Right. So they're like, he's going to be the faller. He's going to cut down trees. You're going to be our EMT. Yeah. So So there's always different roles, which is what I like about it. Because, you know, in the corporate world, things get mundane. And it's like in the fire world, things are never, it's a a hurry up and wait game, right? Yep. Because you don't know when a fire is going to break out. You don't know when someone's going to have a heart attack. You don't know when a car accident is going to happen, whatever the case is. So it's, it's always being ready and then just executing when the call's there. So So. talk about that EMT certification process, training process, all that. When did that come into the story? (laughs) So I actually took my class two years almost two and a half years ago, but you get a, a, just over a year to take the test. And when I finished the class, I was getting deployed out on deployments. So I, I couldn't take my test. So I had to wait almost just over a year until I could take the actual test Dang. to get certified. So, which was, I mean, it was a blessing in disguise because I still passed it, which okay. is what I needed to get done. But it just, the way it happened you know, it happened a year later and it was just like every time I wanted to get back into taking the test, then it was like, oh, nope, you're getting sent out again somewhere else. So sorry. And it was like, all right, well, I'll try and replant it again. And then, so, but got it done. So. And that was all training through the fire department did that or? No. Nope, nope. So the local uh, ambulance service here in town had a class going okay. on. So I, I did it with them. Have you done a lot of that EMT work like then? Or is that just sort of like a byproduct of the services you offer through fire through the fire and rescue? Um, so our department, since we do have a local ambulance service, they take care of a lot of our medicals. But yep. there are times when they rely on us for help, so we'll help them if we can. Um, with the DNR, it helps being an EMT because when you're out and about, it's just good to have that medical person there just in case something happens. So okay. it definitely fits the bill for a lot of the things I'm doing. Are most firefighter, firefighters EMT certified then? Uh, I would say most. A lot I'd of say them? maybe about half, half. Okay. It just depends. Cause like if you go to like a full-time structure department and let's say Moorhead or Fargo, yep. every single person that's on that department's an EMT. Gotcha. Right. Whereas the volunteer departments that are more rural, you're required maybe to be an EMR. Most, most, Departments require them to at least be an EMR, which is just a level lower than an EMT. Gotcha. Because a lot of times you might be the first to a scene. The fire department is often quicker. I don't know how the response time is like between the fire department and an ambulance or how that works. But a lot of times you're in a situation where you, somebody has to do that medical firsthand medical survival stuff, you know? So, and that's the thing that's kind of cool about the fire service too, is uh, every Every place is different, especially with the population count and just what the requirements and needs are of the community. You know, yep. our community with our population, that same population halfway across the state, may not, may not require our same needs and wants as a fire department. You know, yep. their, their fire department might look and be completely different than our department. Yep. You know, so every, every area is, the fire departments are usually built around what the needs are of the community. So, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Um, anything else you want to add to the operations of Sir Sazalot? Maybe a, a story or an experience that you've had within the firefighting world that you want to share? Anything that comes to mind here? Yeah, it was just that, like I was saying, that one, that first uh, fire I was ever, was, ah, it was actually my first wildland fire I was ever on. 
and then the size of the tree and just watching that guy yeah. talk and work through cutting down a tree is it just uh struck that right chord with me where yeah. it's like i'm gonna do that that's what i want to do so that's your inspiration yeah. was kind of seeing that and experiencing yeah. that cool yeah. well i think that i can speak for the community we're blessed to have people like you and and I know I work with uh, Corey over at. Uh, he was part time over at Outstate. I think he's on the. Um, he's on the department a little bit too, Corey. Corey Fry. Oh yep. yeah, I yep. love like, Corey. We, got, we like, actually got hired on the same. Yep. Uh, batch of people. So. And and like I can, uh, you know, the pancake feed, going and meeting all the people, and just like we've got a good fire department here yes, in town. We, we, we got a really blessed. really good crew of people, and uh, that are that are looking out for our community and keeping us. Uh, keeping us uh, smoke free around here, you right, know, like, right. so I thank you from our community to you guys and everything you do, you know, you're, you're much appreciated here within our community. All you guys are. So, yeah. and I, you know. you're not speaking on behalf of them at all, but I think we all, we all love being involved with the community and just the, the things we're able to do as a team is always, always surprising me Absolutely. because we can do a lot and get a lot of stuff done when the yep. community calls upon us. So, yep. well, You'll have to put the uh, plant the seed for for Ryan uh, Muckow to oh, try yeah. and get to try and get him to come on and, and we can we can do, I, do like a deep dive into the history of the Fergus Falls Fire Department and all that stuff because I'd really like to hear that from his perspective yeah, for sure. I think you guys it would make a great podcast. I think it would be a good conversation. So maybe Definitely. in the future, if you're listening, Ryan, maybe in the future <laughs> you decide you want to come in and sit down here and chat with me. So. Um, all right, you can feel free to add anything else at, like as, as we kind of get out on the way here out, but um, I want to kind of get into biggest mistakes you've made, whether it be life mistakes, firefighting mistakes, just personal, anything you, that kind of comes to mind for biggest mistakes. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's definitely life as a, as, a, as a learning journey. And I think without getting, I mean, too much specifics, just because it, I think it happens a little bit, especially when you're younger and it's just on those certain little things. But, you know, especially when it comes to business and just pe people in general, it's always be honest. Hmm. You know, when they, someone asks you questions, just let it go. You know, I get it in this day and age. We, sometimes we have to be uh, walk on eggshells when it comes to certain things. Yep. But, you know, wearing, wearing everything out on your sleeve is kind of how I like to lead my life. Like hmm. if someone has questions, you know what? All I can do is be honest about it and let, if they want to take the information and run with it in a certain way, that's on them. But if, if I can just tell my story the way I feel it should need to be told, I think that's the best way to go about it. So like, as far as applying it to business, you know, there's, there's, you're never going to get in trouble, so to speak, if you're being honest, especially yep. with your customers. You've made some mistakes with honesty in the past or well, I think like it's, anything that I, comes to mind? Well, like, like I said, without even getting too specific, it's it's not, you know, you've heard the the phrase withholding is betrayal, right? Right. So like, it's letting letting that customer know everything that's going on gotcha. instead of hiding certain things. From gotcha. Yeah. And and I wouldn't say it was that ever essentially me doing it. It's seeing other people do it, and then that can be aware on you. Mm -hmm. So like if you around someone that's kind of your mentor and they're doing something that's shady, you might pick that up inadvertently. Yeah. Mm. So like I said, going through life and seeing certain things and the way things can be done, I think honesty is always going to be the head of its time yeah. and the way to do it because yep. I've seen it go both ways and it's way more beautiful 
and a better outcome for everybody when you're just able to wear it on your sleeve and let it be what it is. Yep. So. And then you get the you get the most uh, genuine results in life when you're honest. Right. You know, like you don't you don't have to um, circle back on things and correct yourself on things or you know reiterate where you stood on something 100%. when you're honest and then being open to grow too and understand that your honesty, right. you might not always be correct in something, but then you can be corrected if you're honest right, about exactly. it, you know? Yeah. So yeah. And that's the other thing too, that corrective criticism on yourself, right? You know, when someone tells you something, whether it's right, wrong or indifferent about you, right. You know, don't, don't take it so personally, so to speak that you get butthurt about it. It's, uh, right. You know, apply it and move on and, mm -hmm. and there's no sense of dwelling in a past that doesn't yep. do anything for you, but hold you down. You yep. gotta, you gotta move forward and keep the eye on the ball. Mm -hmm. so. How about a uh, best business advice from a new business entrepreneur here? Best business advice. I, well, what I'm going through right now, just pulling that trigger and like take those steps. You know, I would say the, the point in life, especially in business, when you're feeling, feeling the most fearful about something, that's the time to do it. Yeah. Like you're, you're at a precipice mm -hmm. of something, whatever it is, and it's not the time to retract or take that step back. That's no, that's the time to take that step forward. Hey, let's go, let's get it done. You yep. know, like that's the time. So that my, my advice would be when you, when you're feeling it real thick that it's time to quit or it's maybe not my thing or no, no, if it is your thing and you know it's your thing, that's the time to make that leap and go. Yep. So yep. Yep. That's that would be my business advice. I like it. I like it. Start start when you're scared. Exactly. <laughs> start when you're scared because yep. you might never be not scared. Eventually, you'll get to the point where you're comfortable in what you do, but it's not at the beginning. That's for sure. Yep. <laughs> it's definitely not at the beginning. Yep. So, um, I guess if there's anything else you want to add, feel free. Otherwise, how can the people get a hold of you for um, tree? cutting services. It sounds like you got a website coming soon, maybe some business cards in the work, but what's the best way to get a hold of you today? Uh, today, well, without giving my phone number over the phone. <laughs> you got an email? Yeah. So yeah, my email, you, it's just my name run together. So Jonah Hove at yahoo.com okay. if you need anything specific for trees. But in the future, here in the very new future, it's going to be a business card by Lundin. There you go. And then uh, uh, probably Facebook is going to be Facebook. The, so, the main so keep a, keep on the lookout. Maybe by the time this podcast comes out, because this will be a few weeks down the road. Gotcha. Um, but maybe by the time this comes out, that Sirsaz a lot Facebook page. Yes. it doesn't take very long to do that. No, it doesn't it's take, weird though. Doesn't take up, very long. So I must have had a Facebook. I have, I don't have one right now. Oh, okay, right? but I must have had one years and years ago. I know I did because I cut it off and stopped doing it. Right, but that was a long time ago. Right, so mm -hmm. just trying to set up my Facebook and reopen it's changed it. changed a lot. It's well, it's giving me these warnings. Like you've been blocked and you can't touch it for like uh, two weeks and like doing all this weird stuff. So I'm like, uh, okay, I'm just, just trying to open my stuff back up. I want a business know? account here. So uh, do yeah, I'll, I'll get it going. It's just, nice. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'll get that email in the episode description yes. at least. So people can get a hold of you via email. Right. If they need some work done. Definitely. Um, otherwise, they could probably just stop into the fire department too, since you live there, right? They could right. just swing by the they, fire department and ask for you. <laughs> That's probably a way people can find you. Right. And um, I usually, t I take walks all the time through Fergus. So okay. I like, I like my river walk. 
Right. So, like that river walk. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks a lot for joining me today, man. I really oh, appreciate yeah. hearing your story. I'm excited to share that with the people of Fergus Falls. So they get to know, um, one of our first responders here. Um, and you guys all have really cool stories and well, you know, I, I, I'm glad to have you in this community and I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show here today, man. Yeah. I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, it's absolutely. been a blast. Absolutely. Well, if you guys want to get on the show, ffbspodcast at gmail.com is the way to do it get a hold of me thanks again to the sponsors stumbino swan lake elevate victor lundin's company hotel eight much appreciated um if you guys want to become a sponsor get a hold of me as well and we can make that happen so thanks a lot and uh be back for more of these guys mm-hmm.